the Camellia Hill Show, where we are sharing personal and business perspectives from various professionals. It's real talk. Thanks for joining in. We've got an exciting show for you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Periscope at, at the Camellia Hill in pursuit of hearing new voices. Good day to everyone. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited uh, about the show today. Not so much about the topic, but more about the content that uh, we will be sharing. I certainly look forward uh, to sharing with each of you. Um, Today is uh, Sunday, October 23rd, 2016. And as you know, it is your host, Camelia Hill. Camelia Hill. Camelia Hill. Hey, guys, listen. As we are all aware, October has been stamped as one as um, the month for domestic violence. It also shares it with breast cancer, but in this instance, domestic violence. Now, um, and in honor of that, I wanted to share this episode, an isolated episode, um, probably a little bit away from what we normally talk about, but I certainly wanted to share it with respect to um just giving tips about domestic violence, if you will. Now, uh, unfortunately, it is one of the areas that is talked about the least. Um, Sometimes I guess it's more of a taboo subject where people kind of tap-toe around it. They really don't want to talk about it. Um, But nevertheless, it is something that's talked about the least. Now, this is a show... um, It's not going to certainly rid us of any domestic violence, but I hope and I certainly pray um, that it will help us as individuals to get a better awareness and understanding of certainly how to deal with it going forward. Now, I always love to come in and share with you guys some of the uh, my housekeeping items. So if you bear with me just for a moment, uh, that is certainly where I would like to head, all right? Um, I'm certainly uh, looking for our guest. I hope she arrives soon. Uh, nevertheless, uh, let's jump into um, our default housekeeping items and information alert. If you would like to reach out to us during this show, you can email your thoughts or questions to thecamelliahill at blogtalkradio.com. Also, call in by using the telephone number if you certainly want to speak with us during the show. If not, again, you can certainly email your questions, and I will certainly give the guest Give her information so that you guys can contact her if you need to. But that telephone number is 323-693-3320. 323-693-3320. Also, um, I love Twitter. And so when you hear a tweetable moment, I certainly uh, would love for you to use the hashtag C. That's the first initial in my first name, and then my last name, Hill. So C. Hill, and then the word show. C, hashtag C. Hill Show. Very simple, hashtag C. Hill Show. Hey, and now that we've certainly gotten those things established uh, with respect to chiming in and reaching out and listening to things of that nature, then I would like to, then I certainly would like to, um, I just want to introduce or tell a little bit more 
about our um, our guests. But before I do so, I'm just going to take a quick intermission, so I'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Camelia Hill of the Camelia Hill Show, and I would like to invite you to join me every other Monday at 7 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio, the Camelia Hill. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at the Camelia Hill, Periscope at the Camelia Hill, and my website at thecameliahill.com. Stay tuned. For more episode content. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for bearing with me. Um, again, thank you for coming back to the Camellia Hill Show. And since you're here, I just want to uh, go a little further. Um, I did share our housekeeping items that I love to share at the beginning of the show. So hopefully you have those things down. Um, <clears throat> and I am anticipating uh, the arrival of my special guest. Uh, she's a VIP for me today. So I'm anticipating the arrival of her. Um, having said that, I certainly want to introduce her, read her bio um, in, in the meantime if, and w- while we anticipate that. So here we are. Her name is Jenny Allen. And uh, she's a a successful London-based Christian blogger who has a passion for writing and sharing her love of encouraging women through the gifts that God has given her via the website heartofrefuge.org, heartofrefuge.org. She has successfully worked in the area of primary school education for over 20 years in London and has a Bachelor's of Arts a BA, if you will, in management, a postgraduate diploma in School of Business Management. Jenny has spent many years doing volunteer work in the field of homelessness, domestic violence, sexual assault. She has also ministered to women who live a life of prostitution. That is a wealthy, a very rich background. So Jenny's goal is for God to use her to help put courage in into the hearts of people so that they can move forward without fear and be able to be all that God has called them to be. She is married with two children. Awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Listen, um, seems like I may be having some small technical technical difficulties, so if you will please bear with me. Um, I will um, check back in a moment, and in the meantime, prepare yourself for great content. Domestic violence awareness tips is what we're going to be sharing on this show. It's going to be a great show. I promise you, you do not want to miss it. I'm Camelia Hill of the Camelia Hill Show, and I would like to invite you to join me every other Monday at 7 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio, The Camelia Hill. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Camelia Hill, Periscope at The Camelia Hill, and my website at thecameliahill.com. Stay tuned for more episodes content.
All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, as I said, I'm waiting for my guests, and I don't want to miss out on this event. So I am certainly um, working to have her connect um, as soon as possible. And I apologize for any technical difficulties. Uh, Jenny, are you here? Hello. Oh, Jenny. Oh, I'm Hello. so happy that oh, you're my. here. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry about that. I, there was a lot of issues with broadband and whatever on my end, so I'm really sorry about that, Camille. I apologize to your listeners and yourself for that. Uh, no, it is no problem. I've, I've promised them a great show, so I think it's all going to work out. I'm excited that you're here. I'm also Thank excited you. about the show. <laughs> I'm glad that you sacrificed your time. I know, as I said earlier, she is in London, so she, I believe, is six hours of East Coast time ahead of us. So it is, what, 9-something there? Yes, it's 9.15 here in the evening. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so I certainly I certainly appreciate your sacrifice. Um, so we haven't said no that, um, we've kind of already read your bio, and um, I would certainly don't mind reading again if you want me to. Um, That's fine. But uh, I, I just want to share that I connected with her on Periscope. I believe mm-hmm. someone shared one of her scopes, and I went in. I was totally, uh, I admired her, her, her cancer, and I admired her, her poise with respect to delivering, um, I think at that moment she was delivering encouraging words. And later on in a couple of her other scopes, because typically when she comes on, I'm getting off work, so it's kind of like we cross ties and I'm driving and so yes. it's kind of difficult. So I pop in. <laughs> Uh, but nevertheless, when I came in, it was just it was good information and something I thought should be shared. So I wanted to invite her to be a guest on my show. And then when I found out that she did a little work in domestic violence, that was right down my avenue because I had asked her to be on the show in October. And I think she hadn't even um, mentioned anything about domestic violence. No, I hadn't not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, nevertheless, um, I read your bio. Um, and so I just want to go a little further. I, I've taken a couple of breaks, but that's okay. Nothing's good. I'm glad that you're here now. Um, okay. But, again, I typically on my show talk about real talk. And so I think domestic violence is real talk. It's something I think is a taboo subject that a lot of people don't want to touch on. But I believe it's something that if you get some tips or some awareness, though, I think it can certainly grow. We don't want to – we don't we don't want it to be a campaign we want to be no. more of 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 a desire and a need for people to try to pursue and try to assist if they can. Is that right. fair? That's fair. That's okay. very fair. Yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, you know, me, I haven't been affected by it personally, but I do have some family members, some very dear family members that have certainly been affected by it. Mm-hmm. Having mm-hmm. said that, um I just want to go ahead and jump into um Find out a little bit more about Heart of Refuge, because I certainly mentioned that in your bio. So can you share with us a little bit more about Heart of Refuge? Sure, I can. It was a vision that God gave me about 25 years ago. Um, I was listening to a teaching by Charles Swindle, who's one of my favorite Christian authors, and he was talking about people becoming people of refuge for people who are hurting, broken, and displaced. And on my heart, the Lord placed that I should um, go forward with the name Heart of Refuge, that my heart or wherever I do should be a place of refuge where people can feel safe 
and come and talk and share, and that I can also share issues which the world or religion or society tends to sweep under the rug. And Mm. domestic violence is one of them. So people are hurting in their heart, and they feel that they cannot talk about their issues because society has swept it under the carpet. So I'm using um, Heart of Refuge. I've, I've got the website there with my bits and pieces on it, but... My blogs, my um, website is dedicated to me using the gift of my voice to speak on behalf of people whose issues have been swept under the carpet. So that's mm-hmm. the essence of Heart of Refuge. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you said, <laughs> I love it. So you said that um, you have blogs as well, right? Yes, I have a blog on my website that I've been blogging now for about ooh about two or three years. Um, okay, I so that's stopped a... for a li- yeah. Go on, sorry. No, you're fine. I'm I'm kind of excited, yeah. so you you can tell. Okay. I was going to say yeah, okay. so. Access to that blog is certainly connected to heartofrefuge.org. That's right. It's it's www.heartofrefuge.org. All my blogs are there. I have a specific page for um, domestic violence, and I've got a lot of information in there. So there's a lot of information for churches, because in churches, this uh, domestic violence is swept under the carpet. So I have resources for churches there for them to be able to raise awareness and links. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Um, So, in your opinion, what is domestic violence? Okay. To me, I love in in the United Kingdom, we have an organization called womensaid.org. And I'm going to just read the definition that our government, the British government, has given to describe domestic violence. And I love that, um, their definition of it. And what it is, it's any incident, incidences of controlling, coercive, or threatening behavior, violence or abuse between those aged 16 or over who have been an intimate partner or family members regardless of gender or sexuality. That's the definition I really like of uh, domestic violence. And the abuse. Uh, can involve psychological, physical, Mm. sexual, financial, emotional, and spiritual. Yeah. Mm. So there's about two, four, there's six um, types of abuse. There are more, but these are the six categories. Psychological, Mm. physical, sexual, financial, emotional, and spiritual. So that's my definition. That is a good. That's a good definition. Um, yes. Yeah. So that's the word um, the government uses. Yeah. I love it. I love it. The details of it because, and you said financial. I wouldn't have thought of financial. Me personally. Oh yeah, they yeah they do. Um, for example, I'm supporting someone at the moment who has had to leave her her home. Um, she's in a refuge at the moment, but what the husband did or her partner did, he uh, she would work and he would take control of her salary, 
and her pay slip, he would want to know how much she earns, and then he would pressure her into handing over her salary every month. So there and I think that that's a yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good point, and I like that example because yeah. Yeah. Um, we're sharing domestic violence tips, awareness tips, and and like mm-hmm. I said, I didn't consider financial, but that's a great point. Some mm-hmm. people are being abused in that manner, and like you said, it it affects them psychologically. My opinion. Yeah. And so, um, um, you can go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so yes, okay. I'm here. Okay. No, it's just that. Um, Another point with that is they can force them to have, if they have a joint account, the husband or the partner can be the only one with access to the account, and then he will give her money every month. Um, Mm. So for shopping, he would give her X amount, and she would have to bring back all the receipts and the exact money. She wasn't allowed to go over by one penny. You know, all these different things is where you get financial abuse. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 That's good. That's good. That's good. Something um, for those of you that may be listening, if you haven't thought about it, certainly um, monitor that if you can, or even watch mm. out for it. Um, yeah. Where would you say is a good place to start when attempting to discuss it with someone that you may think that may be in these situations? Um, I think you can start asking them some vivid questions. I think people need to first of all understand that it does not respect your your spiritual standing in the community. It doesn't affect your physical, financial, religious or your cultural setup or social standing in life. It affects people at every level. So depending on where people are, in their spiritual, physical, financial, etc., you could start with them uh, on that basis. So, for it, let me give an example. I have somebody that I know. Um, she came in with some bruising, etc., and I just asked her about it, and she was trying to hide them. But we had been friends long enough for her to start opening up to me because they're going to be the, the the victims are going to be very defensive at first and explain away situations that they're, that they're living in, that they're exhibiting. They're going to try and explain it away. But the friend or whoever they are maybe sharing with will always pick up a red flag somewhere. Something is not going to always connect with their story. So the, the victim will always try and protect what's going on because of shame. They feel embarrassed. They're frightened for their life. If they talk about it, they might have had threats. So it's very difficult to try and get the victim to open up and to talk about it because of fear and shame. So Mm. the best thing to do is to try and just support them, let them know that you're there. It's okay if they don't want to talk, but let them know that you're there. And when they are ready to share, then, you know, make sure that you can be there for them if you can. Because if you pressure them, they will they can just shut down. They're already being pressured at home. So with you, they need to feel comfortable. So it can be very difficult to try and get somebody to open up because of these factors. Okay. Okay, so am I understanding you as saying you wouldn't recommend it as delicate as it could be don't try to ask a delicate question, but more often than not, once they reach that pinnacle point that they want to talk, just listen? That's right. Just 
listen. Just be there to listen. Um, you have to remember that their that their right to choose, their free will to be able to make choices has been taken by the abuser. So you cannot now impose your will on them. On them, what they need to do, they need to do this. They need to go there. They need to leave. They do. They, they need to do so many things. You have to allow them to make that choice. And the cr- most crucial thing that you can do is be a listening ear that is not judgmental. Okay. Never judge them. Just be there for them to listen. Okay. Just be there so okay. you can listen to what they have to say, but never judge them. Now, um, this may be a little bit off a little bit, but... Um, sure. So what do, you, what do you think about the body language at the time when you're being a listener? Is there a particular body language you should be aware of or no? Sorry, if there's a what? Sorry, can you repeat that? The body language for the person that's the listener. Should they have their, any particular body language? Yeah. Yeah. Try not to be shocked. Okay. Try and have um, a demeanor that is that is warm, that is comfortable. So you have to really watch your facial features and your body language because they're already very sensitive. And just try right. and have a, a demeanor that's compassionate okay. and that you care and that you're not judgmental. So you really have to watch your body language and everything. But if they can see that there is sincerity, care in in the way you're responding to them, they will open up even more. But I would just say watch your body language and, um, you know, try to convey compassion. Okay. This is probably a switch here. Um, This is for with respect to the abuser. Would Uh they show any potential signs that they're in public or around other people? Oh yes, they um, they can have very controlling behaviour uh, toward the victim in public. Um, you know, maybe telling the victim what they can and can't eat in a restaurant. If they pick mm. something, they will maybe tell them that's too expensive. You know, people can see these kind of things in public areas. Um, the person also may have a Jekyll and Hyde personality. So one minute they might be loving, like in public, you know, full of um, admiration and love for the victim, but then they can just switch automatically and become this Jekyll-type personality. Um, Mm. The person can be, like, for example, um, I went to visit a friend a few years ago. We went to meet up somewhere in a mall. And we met up, and the husband was, they were having a disagreement, this is another sign, and the husband was pushing her in front of me. Wow. So you can, they they can be having a, a disagreement about something, and then the abuser can be pushing or physically assaulting uh, the victim. Okay. So that's another thing. So it's just that the relationship between the two can appear very odd. There's not that warmth or that um, feeling of connection. It's just odd. And if the woman is appearing to be in fear, then that's a red flag. Okay. That's definitely a red flag. But um, in public, they can appear loving and everything, but then when you maybe um, on their way home from church or whatever, you can see things happening because I've seen that as well. 
people leaving church and then the arguments start and he's pushing her. Um, so they are some of the um, things that can be seen as the abuser. Okay. Um, well, one question with respect to that one before I go to the next yeah. one. So if, sure. you are, if you're around someone and you see this physically happen, you shouldn't address it at that moment, right? Well, it depends on the couple because sometimes I have heard stories of people intervening straight away and then both of them turn on the person who's trying to help the woman. Wow. <laughs> or, yeah, I've, I've heard that and I've actually seen that myself. Um, the woman wouldn't particularly, um, if for me personally, I would, um, because I'm not sure of the situation between the couple, I would just kind of step back and see how it's playing out. Once it okay. starts to get um, physical, I would actually try and call the police on the phone while I see something okay. happening. Okay. I would call the police. I wouldn't actually step in because I don't know the strength of this man. He might turn on me. Right. And I'm a woman, so he might right. turn on me, he might have a weapon, he might have something, but if I see something blowing up and get, I would actually call the police there and okay. then. Um, okay. Because in order to help somebody else, you have to make sure that you protect you. Right. So if so you, you would see something... You, you would... No, I'm sorry, sorry. continue. That's okay. <laughs> would you would you say if you don't stop, I'm going to call the police, or would you just step away um, in a more uh, recluse area and do it? I would I would watch and see how it escalates, um, and I would step away and call the police. I would okay. do it. I would actually say to the gentleman, "Look, you need to stop." Um, I'm going to have to get the police involved here because you're um, abusing someone. And if he begins to turn on me and start shouting or mm. he starts to get very aggressive, I will call the police. But okay. I would issue out a warning first, but I will call the police. Okay. Because you have to look after your own safety as well because you don't know what they have on them. That's good information. Mm. Um, so do you think it's possible for the abuser to change? The abuser, the abuser can change. We had a very high-profile um, domestic violence abuser who is currently in recovery, and that's James Fortune, the gospel singer. He actually came out and gave interviews and, you know, said that he was an abuser, and he's actually in recovery at the moment, um, going through therapy. But the abuser can change. I've got four steps. Um, that can, that shows that somebody is actually changing. They will, first of all, have to go through counselling and therapy for them to be able to take responsibility for their behaviour, and that one is key. They have to take responsibility for their behaviour. And when okay. they go through counselling, that's I believe that's the first thing. They're going to um, help them to understand um, also, he has to ha he has to understand the effect his behaviour his has had on the person that he's abused. Mm. He has to understand the effects of his behaviour, the damage maybe on his partner, his wife, his children. That has to he has to understand that, and he has to through therapy develop a respect for the person that he's abused. But the okay. first and the main thing is he has to take responsibility. And I believe that 
um, that abusers can change, but they have to go through a process of therapy and counseling. Okay. So there needs to be some kind of intervention, please. Yes, yes. They, but they will have, um, like, for example, this lady that I'm currently supporting, she has been, um, she's in a refuge, and she's going to get counselling, but um, the gentleman is being monitored by the police and going through different stages of um, therapy at the moment himself, where, um, because what, he, what happened was he was going to hit her and, he broke her arm and she's lost the use of her right hand. So um, she's definitely said she's not going to go back to him. So now he's in a repentance phase where he's seeking help. So mm-hmm. I believe that they can, if they, if they really want it, they can get help and counseling. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree, there has to be a desire there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, he has to have a desire to want to change, yeah. Okay, so so, I mean, no one really knows exactly what pinpoint or pushes pressure points pushes the abuser, but do yeah. you think perhaps financial situation or maybe the economy has something to do with it? Yes, the the economy does have a lot to do with it. If somebody um, situations such as poverty, unemployment, and economic recession can increase the likelihood of domestic violence in a home. So if a home is there, there's like mass unemployment there or long-term unemployment there and there's poverty, the likelihood of domestic uh, abuse is going to increase. Um, Mm. Also, on the other hand, economic stresses and hardship is placing great burden on the services that provide support for domestic violence um, um, victims. So we have budget cuts, you have people maybe not donating as much as they used to, so the actual services themselves are under pressure because of economic stress and hardship. For example, here in London, the organization that I did voluntary work for, they received a lot of cuts because of um, economic stresses in London. So the mm-hmm. amount of money that the mayor of London was giving out to these organisations, it was it was cut quite a bit. So they we had to reduce our own service of what we could do to support these women. Um, so economic stress not only affects the families, uh, if they're already stressed out for money, it's going to increase the likelihood of DV in the home. And we also have stresses on, on the side of the organizations that are trying to help them. Mm. So if the, the, the financial system is, is, is being affected with respect to the resources they can give to the community, do you think it yeah. is incumbent upon, upon, upon the church to try to implement some of those programs? Yes, I do. Um, and domestic violence in the church is one of my, uh, how can I say, it's one of my soft spots because I believe that, you know, we have, the church is a brilliant community of support for the congregants. And sometimes I feel that sometimes the church as, a, as an entity can get a bit distracted with different things. And mm-hmm. the church has enough uh, economic resource within itself 
through the giving of, you know, people give their tithes, offerings, and other donations that are made. They can fill that gap through training key people in the church, bringing in organizations to train, and then they themselves can um, help support women experiencing these things or families experiencing these things in their congregations. But, you know, churches tend to sweep this stuff under the carpet. But I think a ch churches have great a lot of responsibility to support these women because 90% of churches are made up of women. It is women right. that, you know, is in most of all the departments who serve, who minister. 90% is women. And if you remove women from the church, there's not a lot of people left. Um, mm -hmm. And domestic violence um, affects women mostly. There are some men who um, who go through it. But it's something that mostly affects women, and we've got to do something in our church communities to support such women. So uh, the uh, church uh, could really step in, but it depends on their priorities, and it depends right. on the heart of the leadership. It yeah. depends on mm -hmm. the heart of the leadership. So I guess we'll certainly remain prayerful. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. <laughs> We will, wow. but it is something that is really, it is something that's really, um, it is prevalent in church, but it's swept under the carpet. It is. Yeah, and I. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most disheartening things for me because yeah. it's kind of like the, the woman should remain silent with respect to those things transpiring, and I'm probably stepping on a lot of toes, and that's okay. But it, yeah. it's real talk. It, it is what it is. It and is. so they, they must remain quiet and silent in abuse, which is so not the way God intended it for it to be. No, 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 <laughs> surely. No, it's not, because I'll give you an example. I did a, a, a talk uh, in a Bible study a couple of years ago, and I just gave a brief talk about domestic violence. And at the end of the service, 90% of the women came and spoke to me. They were queuing up to talk to me. They said this is the first time in a church setting they've heard anybody talk about domestic violence. They mm -hmm. themselves are victims of domestic violence. Um, one particular woman, her mother, um, her father abused her mother, and then the grandparents, the grandfather abused the grandmother, and she refuses wow. to get married. And this is somebody who's serving in church, loving the Lord. These are the women, some of the women that came to me, they're in church leadership. And they mm -hmm. said this is the first time they've had it discussed. And I think it's something that really needs to be opened up um, because it is really hidden and the women are hurting. And part of them receiving their spiritual healing is to, be, mm -hmm. is to have their pain acknowledged and for the church to bring in people. If, they, if the church doesn't have that resource, for them to bring in people who can help their female congregants to gain wow. healing, and to keep growing in the grace of God. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. This is yeah. um, revving up to be a great, great conversation and topic. Um, so in the essence of time, I've heard you say some great <laughs> points. And I always like to give okay. great tips, mean things for people just to hone in at the end, or a quick overview, if you will. I always call them go tips, great opportunities. Um, right. But I think the first thing I heard you say was with respect to the definition that you shared. It is not just sure. isolated to the physical and the mental abuse, but it also applies to the financial aspect of it. 
So someone right. can be controlled financially and being abused from that aspect of it. I think that's something that people should consider. Right. Uh, no, right. Number two, um, never seek to try to question the victim, but more so seek to support and listen. That's right. So that was number two. And you also sure. shared this with respect to body language, which I thought was very good. Um, be warm, meaning be receptive and not so judgmental, but be more yes. be more concerned about your facial expressions. Yes. And so number three, um, the third thing I heard you say that I think was very prevalent um, was um, it affects every walk of life. It's not just yes, isolated to one community. So no uh-huh. one is exempt from it. It can certainly happen um, to anybody at any level. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the three things that I certainly want um, my listeners to hone in on. I'm go- I have a few more yeah. questions for you before I draw in. Uh, the la- sure. One of the last ones is, um, is there a book that you would recommend if someone wanted to read more about domestic violence? Yes. Um, if you go, I mean, Google, sorry, um, Amazon have a lot of books on um, domestic violence, and I think it depends where you are in your life or your various interest levels um, mm-hmm. in it. Um, your view, if, if, you, if, you're, if you're a survivor, your view will be different to that person who may be just, you know, who has a friend that's going through it. So the first thing I would recommend is to go to a website of a national organization. They tend to have very good books that they recommend on their website, but the websites give fantastic information about the whole aspect uh, of domestic abuse. So I would first of all go to uh, the websites. In the United Kingdom, we have Refuge and Women's Aid, and I believe in the United States, you have the National Domestic Violence Association or something like that. They have been on that website, and they have great resources. So as a starting point, you can go to those websites, and then from there, depending on what you what you want to focus in on, um, you can get your topic and go to Amazon and just put in the search uh, engine there and then okay. um, get the books that you need. But the websites are really good first. Okay. Well, um, I hope everyone's listening and they caught that. Uh, one last uh-huh. thing. Now, we've given your website, heartofrefuge.org. Is there any other form of, uh, of social media that they can contact you with? Yeah, I've got um, my social, let's see, I've got Twitter. Um, I've got my Instagram page, which is Heart of Refuge, and my Twitter is at Heart of Refuge. I'm also on Periscope, and my Facebook page is Heart of Refuge as well. Okay, um, so my very email good. and all my e- all my contact information is on my website, and I've got a contact page there where people can contact me. Okay, and I'll certainly upload what you've shared to um, our details section with respect to this episode. So if you guys are looking for that and you didn't have the opportunity to write it down, I will certainly download that for you. Um, again, I shared three great tips that she gave with us. The first one, she gave five in the definition, but financial is something I want people to clue in to realize that that can yeah. be an area that you can be um, – experiencing domestic uh, abuse in. Also, mm-hmm. um, be more of a listener rather than a talker with respect to when you're talking to a victim. And thirdly, it affects all walks of life. Um, That's right. I'm going to, Jenny, I appreciate you for being on my show, and hopefully, you know, maybe I can have you back for something else that you're certainly an expert in if you have the time. 
That's fine. I'd love to. And thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be back in a moment. Okay. Hi, I'm Camelia Hill of the Camelia Hill Show, and I would like to invite you to join me every other Monday at 7 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio, The Camelia Hill. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Camelia Hill, Periscope at The Camelia Hill, and my website at TheCamelliaHill.com. Stay tuned for more episode content. Welcome back, welcome back, where I just had a great interview with Jenny Allen. Um, I certainly appreciate her for taking the time and the opportunity to come on the show. Um, it, it was certainly a great interview, and I learned some things. I certainly hope you will learn some things. Listen, check out the episode details on Blog Talk Radio com for her contact information. I'm sure you're going to certainly be blessed. Um, she's a Christian blogger, too, so she's going to encourage you, so be sure you get that information. But, again, we just share great information on domestic violence awareness tips. Again, you will be blessed. If you would like additional information about this episode, again, check out my website, and you will find the information there. I want to thank you again, Jenny, for being such a great special guest for me. You're Listen, welcome. Guys. It's my pleasure. <laughs> yes, Thank yes. I look forward to the next me. time. No, no problem. No problem. I'm here. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, All check right. out the website, thecamelliahill.com or Twitter, thecamelliahill.com. I always invite you to join me once again, and I love Periscope. That's why I keep saying it. But every Wednesday I do motivational um, excerpts, and it comes on about 714, so catch me there. Um, In my closing thoughts, I would like to leave with you a John Quincy Adams quote. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you're a leader. Let's try to be a leader with respect to domestic violence awareness. Not so much speaking, but be more listening and getting people the assistance that they need. Again, I thank Jenny. I am appreciative so much of her for her joining me. And listen, guys, till next time, take care. Signing off with you from this great show. Remember, taking a risk is the beginning.